We just watched two amazing games of NBA basketball on TNT, Bucks, Sixers, Lakers, Suns. The NBA is officially back. I'm here to talk all things week one. Let's get it. Let's go. How are you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing amazing. The NBA is back. We just watched two incredible games, like I said at the top, Bucks, Sixers. Lakers Sun, some of my favorite players, Embiid, LeBron. It's 10 o'clock. We're feeling <laughs> good. We just watched like six hours, hours of, of basketball. basketball. Yeah. It, it, doesn't get, it doesn't get much better than this. It really doesn't. Um, yeah, so we talked about a lot of these games, kind of which games we were most excited for. Both of us had, you know, Lakers Nuggets. Both of us had Mavericks Spurs. I had Bucks Sixers as one of the games I wanted to talk about, and I thought it was going to be a rock fight. And at times, this game was incredible incredibly physical sloppy yeah it was like kind of all over the place so if you didn't somehow are watching this and didn't see the score already um the bucks ended up winning by one point 118 to 117 it was like a little bit rock fighty it was one of those weird games at one point the bucks hit a shot they go up so Giannis um, airballs a shot. The refs deem it a slip. So he catches his own airball slash slip. The Sixers thought it was a travel. They stopped playing. Damian Lillard hits a huge three. Bucks go up by like eight with two minutes left. And I, you know, I'm thinking typical Sixers. This game's over. Nope. And Bede scores like eight points. Maxi is flying up the court. It ends up being a one point game. But I don't know, man. Where do you want to start with the Sixers or the Bucks? I, I got to start with Damian Lillard. Yeah. I think that walking away from that. It's the first time in Giannis's career where he he's really got a second guy. Yeah. You know, I, I felt like with Chris Middleton, great player in his own right, but it was always whenever he had a giant game, it was like, okay, Giannis got away with something. Like Chris Middleton really s- stepped up. In his first game by his side, Dame has a 39 point absolute masterclass. Like Dame looked amazing today. Yeah, Damian Lillard looked amazing. There was a couple sets where the Bucks were running like high screen and roll from like damn near half court, basically on their own logo. And the Sixers were like, I, I don't know what we do to stop this. We have to back up to respect Lillard's speed. But, you know, if we but we have to play up on him because he can shoot from half court. And the Bucks scored pretty much on every time they did that. They ran a lot of pick and roll with him and Brooke Lopez. It looked really good. The Giannis Dame pick and roll, we didn't see too much of it in this first game. Yeah, I mean, Giannis kind of left a little bit to be desired in this game. You know, he's, he only shot 45% from the field. Um, just a lot of, like, mental mistakes. I think in pretty much all the NBA action that I've seen thus far, it's been a little bit rusty. But I think when, like, the going got tough in in dame time in freak time yeah (laughs) freak time (laughs) real quick can i get on the record what is what is your take on freak time if if you haven't i'm not a big fan of the freak time nickname yeah if you haven't heard and you're not piecing it together yet people are trying to um frankenstein together dame time and the greek freak and it's a freaking terrible um, <laughs> well, it looked it looked pretty freaking good today. I will it, say it, that. It, yes, it's a lot better than the nickname. But um, yeah, I, I just overall, I think one of my biggest um, reservations with the Dame Giannis pairing was I was a little bit nervous how it was going to look on defense. And really, I felt like the Bucks defense didn't miss a step. Yeah, I thought they looked pretty good defensively. Obviously, you know, you allow 117, but that's kind of 
for the course in today's NBA, yeah. especially when you're playing against a team that has a guy like Kelly Oubre who's shooting like a perfect four or four from three at one point. At one point, he's seven of eight, and his one miss was a wide open like four footer. Obviously, even if you're leaving Kelly Oubre open all game, he's probably not going to hit those numbers. So that's kind of like a freak thing in its own right. When the Aura King on. is in Fuego, what are, <laughs> what are you supposed um, to do with that? Yeah, Tyrese Maxey looked absolutely unstoppable, also just speedy. But one thing I really like about Dame that I feel like this Bucks offense was missing, because sometimes we saw this Bucks offense, and it always was one of those offenses where you didn't really understand why it was ugly. You have Giannis. You have shooting around him, even when Drew's there, and you're kind of like, why does this offense just look ugly and clunky and we did see that when dame wasn't on the court they looked kind yeah. of like a mess Giannis, i feel like him and b tend to go a little mono mono little alpha v alpha when they play each other and they kind of both force some bad shots versus each other i feel like Giannis really tried to take it to Embiid today my which... favorite play of the game was that um Giannis rip away and then break away dunk yeah. Um, right at the right at the three-point line that was insane that was amazing that was a great play yeah i mean Embiid had a rough game i think we, we're going to talk about him shortly, but Giannis just kind of going at him over and over again did not really help the Bucks offense. No, not at all. Um, my, I would say we're going to do something later where we pick up one stat from uh, different teams that we've kind of got our radar, radar on. And if I had to pick one stat, it's a very simple stat for the Bucks. It's Chris Middleton only played 16 minutes in this game. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be the norm. Yeah, I would hope not. It, I... <laughs> I don't think they can win a championship if um if that's gonna be the regular. But um, let's move on to Joe. But before we, before we get to the Sixers, one thing I want to touch on with Dame was like in addition to the shooting, the spacing, the clutch. Like we talked about this while we were watching the game, is just he's so much faster than anyone gives him credit for. He drew he drew so many shooting fouls at the rim, and I feel like it's one of those things where you don't think of the Bucks as a team that needs additional rim pressure because of Giannis, but you just see like. Lillard's ability to suck in the defense because he's able to split a pick and roll and just attack the rim in isolation. I feel like we're going to get a lot of these like Lillard is shooting toward the rim and he passes backward to a cutting Giannis. And we're just going to see a lot of that this season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I didn't realize his first step. It's, it's really still yeah, there. It's it's he looks his prime is is still active. Yeah. He, yeah. he looked like the best player on, on the, the court. Today. Yeah. I yeah. Think he yeah, was he was the definitely court. the best player on the court. Uh, let's talk Sixers. Uh, yeah, that's toxic. There's, it's so, we were talking about it during the game. It, it felt like the Sixers weren't in this game the entire time, time. even yet, though it was like a two-point game. Yeah, they kind of kept being down 10, within two, down eight, within two. They take the lead briefly. They're down eight. They claw all the way back to lose by one. I mean, where do you want to start with this team? There was a lot of really good things, a lot of a lot of Maxi looking really good. Yeah, let's talk about Maxi real quick. So. Tyrese Maxey had 31 points, eight assists. I, I thought he really took... I, I don't think they missed Harden all that much. Not really. With how no. Maxey performed. Um, it was just elsewhere. There, there weren't really any off-the-dribble creators on the team. Yeah, I think as a whole, they didn't miss Harden. I think the one guy who did miss Harden a little bit was Embiid because Harden's ability to get Embiid the ball with that pocket pass kind of near the elbow area. I feel like Embiid really had a hard time this game. Just, I don't know, every time he took a dribble is when the double would come, the triple would come, and he's just he's just not a good passer. It's like bad vision coupled with poor passing accuracy leads to this like seven turnover performance where you're like, the Sixers have kind of had this weird problem for like four seasons now where 
you have the most unstoppable player in the league just scoring efficiency. Like, if he's by the basket, it's pretty much always a bucket. But he also is kind of, like, just so bad at passing. So they have this, like, scoring tool that they try to leverage, but sometimes they just really struggle to use it effectively. Yeah, it's it's crazy that, like, a 27-7-6 performance <laughs> is, like, a clear disappointment. But it really was. I, something that struck me is really the lack of intensity that Embiid was rolling with for the entire game. It, it felt like he was kind of, he would set just a very soft, like, touch pick and then just kind of, like, very, like, float out of it. And yeah. It, almost every time he popped as well. It was kind of weird. There, there was that sequence where it felt like Embiid and Giannis were really, really getting into it. They're being really physical. At one point, Embiid is called for, like, I don't know. It was a weird call. I didn't. They didn't show a replay. It looked like Giannis threw him to the ground, and then they called the foul on Embiid. So I, I must have missed what actually happened. And then I think the next play is the Giannis strips Embiid, takes it to the hole. Embiid tries to post him up a couple possessions. They can't really get him the ball. And I kind of felt like once that died down, Embiid lost some of his intensity. But yeah, I don't know. It, they ha- they need to find ways to get him the ball around the basket. Because the problem is he's catching the ball at the elbow, you know, in that mid-range area. And right when he takes a dribble, the whole defense collapses on him. And yes, he's not a bad passer, but no one around him is doing anything to help him. Yeah, no. One thing that I was thinking is in whatever this James Harden trade is going to be, I they need to get rid of P.J. Tucker in, in that deal. Because P.J. Tucker's lack of even willingness to shoot next to Embiid just kills so much of their offense. Because it's not like a Draymond thing where it's like you you can give P.J. Tucker the ball and feel good about him at least making some offense. It's He's just kind of like, a, I don't know, an opposite black hole pushing all of the defenders away from him. So, I don't know. If I'm a Sixers fan, I, I'm really not, not feeling great. They, if you have a 27-point Kelly Oubre performance, you should be winning that game. You should be. I think... One thing I think after watching the game is I, they have a trade to make. It's not just P.J. Tucker. I think Tobias has to go. Yeah. I think just the more I watch, the more you think about Tobias on tape, you're like, why does it just never seem like he fits in? He should fit in, right? He can attack a closeout. He can shoot threes. I think the thing what this team needs is they need movement shooters around Embiid. They need guys who are going to move without the ball. Give Embiid better passing lanes. Give Embiid space if he is able to post up. I think the problem with Tobias is he's not a movement shooter. You don't want him running off screens, catching it. And I think the other problem with Tobias, too, is he actually likes to post up a lot himself. And when he's doing that, you're turning Embiid into a shooter. So to maximize Tobias, you kind of have to minimize Embiid. And when Tobias is minimized himself, he kind of is just out there collecting minutes and not collecting stats. That's a lot of money. That's a yeah. lot and he's getting, of money that getting you want to Getting paid a lot out. to do a little. Um, well, I'm just saying, like, you're trying to move out the Harden contract. You're trying, trying to move, to move out, out the, Tobias, the contract. Tobias contract. And the PJ contract. And the P- those are like three of their five biggest contracts. With all that being said, I, I think it they didn't have the look of a team that was in complete disarray. It I would say it was more just the look of a team that wasn't in the best shape. But, I mean, in a Nick Nurse offense, that's an okay place to be. Game one. I, I was I was hoping for a little bit more just schematically from the Sixers. We talked about this earlier in the week, but like last year the revelation was like, wow, they put him beat at the elbow. He can see what's happening in front of him. And it's like we talked about how the Suns are doing a good job of like 
running Duran off screens on the elbow area so he can get mid-range, you know, touches closer to the basket, not take like an 18-footer, take a 9-footer instead. It just, it doesn't feel like the Sixers ever try to help Embiid. It kind of seems like they're like, hey, man, we know you're bad at passing, so how about we just maximize your weaknesses? <laughs> yeah, hey, man, we know you're bad at passing, so just do it. Yeah. <laughs> just can you do it? Can you just do it? It's like like if three guys are there, just do it. Yeah, okay. like why can't we run and beat off a screen to try to get him a better entry pass? So we could just make a quick decision. I don't know. It just seems like it's like year five, six of just this team is working against their best player. And I, I don't know. My one last takeaway from the Sixers, though, I think they are going to be really good in the regular season, even without Harden. Yeah, I the Kelly Oubre move. It worked out game one. And I really like the Pat Bev move. Yeah. Too. I think against normal teams, they're going to be able to throw so much defense at a, another team that they're really going to be able to throw most teams off their game in like the slog of a regular season. They are a really weird team because they get the ball on the break and Maxi is like lightning quick. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you do get them in the half court, all of a sudden you do have the big bruiser. So I don't know. I, we've spent a lot of time with the Sixers. Obviously, the Bucks looked like the team today. They look they looked like a mess and they still looked like the team today. Yeah, they look they looked really, really great. And the Giannis performance is only going to get better. Yeah. And in a game where Dame and Giannis have it, they're pretty they're close to unbeatable. I have one more question for you. Yeah. After game one. On a scale of one to five being the most, where is your panic level on how quick a Harden trade has to happen? Is five is like I'm most panicked? Five is like, ah! I'm at like a two. Okay. Yeah, I I feel really confident that the Sixers team is going to be a top four seed, even without Harden. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems... I'm very... I'm very curious to see how many games Harden plays this year in the Sixers uniform. But we had another great game tonight. We did. Lakers it wasn't sung. so great for me, <laughs> but um, it was a great game regardless. Well, Lakers and Suns coming together. If you guys are you know, listening on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we have a LeBron hugging a Devin Booker <laughs> bobblehead <laughs> in the center of our little set we put together guys also we need stuff for the background I, we need to fill this out yeah comment any ideas that you guys got we we need them um, um but so the lakers won in la 195 um takeaways not a lot for the suns um just because this is you know game two without beal this is game one without booker so this is really just kind of durant and the you know the, the mob um one thing I noted their first game with the Suns versus the Warriors is their offense is good because there's just so many good shooters, so many good contested shot makers. But Durant's shot diet is it's just chock full of really, really, really difficult shots. Yeah. He's and, at a place in his career where he's just he's not gonna drive very much anymore. And I don't know why, even against the Warriors when like Chris Paul's guarding him, he would not just rise up above him. He's taking these crazy, like, turnaround, one leg, fadeaway yeah. jump shots every single time. Yeah, I think that's the other thing, because in today's game, he, I felt like he was attacking the rim more than I've seen him do it lately. He went at Reeves a couple times, got a couple free throws, but he, and Durant was cooking for most of this game. For the first three quarters, Durant was cooking. He was hitting a lot of these tough shots, but when you're relying on that to kind of be the foundation of an offense, like in this fourth quarter, the Lakers outscored the Suns by over like 15 points. Like he just looked very shaky again. He hit the side of the backboard on one shot. I just feel like if he's got Christian Wood on him, he's really got to try to do more than a pull-up. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just without the primary initiating powers of Devin Booker and Bradley Beal on this roster, it's it's pretty shaky. I think they can probably get away with it against most teams, and hopefully they won't have to deal with that going forward. They'll have at least one of Bradley Beal or Devin Booker, but it in the fourth quarter, it just became an absolute slog. No there was you just they just couldn't get anything going um and that's with like you said KD was red hot he was he had 39 points on 50% shooting and everyone knew where the ball was going every single time but let's turn our focus to the lakers uh, how do we feel about this lakers i feel like if you're the lakers you have to feel you have to feel okay here there's two ways i'm looking at it you're really disappointed that this team looks like an absolute mess when LeBron's not on the court. Because last season, when LeBron missed like almost the whole second half of the season, this team was amazing with LeBron off the court. In fact, there was long stretches where they were better with LeBron on the bench, plus minus wise, than LeBron on the court. They look, between this game and the Nuggets game, kind of like a complete mess when LeBron's not out there. But on the flip side of that, LeBron looked really, really good. LeBron looks spry. Yeah. I, I can't believe. The speed we we were just ogling at the speed that he is still playing with in the fourth quarter. The way he split, I think it was Eric Gordon yeah. and Jordan Goodwin split two defenders right to the rim. Yeah, ran right past the center, finished at the rim over Nurkic. Like I don't know, I, it's it's it kind of gives me more hope long term that LeBron looks like this if they can kind of figure everything else out because last year it always kind of felt like well if LeBron doesn't really look like himself how far can we really really go whereas this year it's like okay LeBron looks right but now the rest of the team doesn't look quite right I think what they did find was more shooting in the supporting cast around LeBron and AD this time but in 2020 the way that they won and really for the last couple of years, every time that they had any sustained success, yeah. it was all based around their defense, especially when LeBron was out. And this supporting cast is not a good defensive supporting cast. Christian Wood is getting a lot of minutes. Jackson Hayes looks kind of lost out there. Gabe Vincent. What's going on with Gabe Vincent? He looks like regular season Gabe Vincent and not playoff Gabe Vincent. The I'll Heat tell you culture that. has just been sucked I straight from Heat, him. I think the Heat sent the Lakers another lemon between him and Kendrick Nunn. <laughs> just these guards who look amazing with the Heat, and when they get to Lakerland, forget how to play basketball. Pat Riley's doing some like voodoo on them to go and play yeah, for the Lakers. Yeah, I will Lakers. say Gabe did make some Heat culture plays today. A lot of good hustle plays, saved the ball from going out of bounds, but man, his jump shot looked shaky. Yeah, I mean... A minus 12 from Cam Reddish, a minus 13 from Rui Hachimura, a minus 11 from Austin Reeves, minus 15 from Torian Prince. It's just, luckily, it was a low-scoring game, but really not a very great place to be for the Lakers, yeah. especially coming off of that Nuggets loss. I feel like the Lakers are oddly a team that they almost play a little too free-flowing at times. Me and you both noted there was a possession where they get a stop, and all of a sudden, Seawood and Jackson Hayes are running the break. And as we, you could all predict, didn't end up with a bucket. And on this possession, LeBron is like right there in the back. And it's like, can we just get the ball to LeBron James? Can we not have Seawood and Jackson Hayes running the break? I think this team low-key kind of needs to just slow it down sometimes. Just like 
let Reeves and Davis run pick and roll. Let LeBron and Davis run pick and roll. Like D'Lo, you know, he has some nice plays. He had a nice ankle breaker today, but I feel like this team, like at its core, the best version of it is like when those two guys are running pick and roll with Davis. And sometimes I feel like they're kind of letting like all these guys do their own thing a little bit too much. Yeah. I the guards, the guards seem like they all have the green light to completely do whatever they want. And then the bigs seem like they all think that they're Anthony Davis. Yeah. Whereas like I, I just feel like there's not a lot of like supporting people. There's pieces that are all waiting for their time to shine in the moment. Yeah, I like that no one on this team is afraid of the moment. I just think some of these guys need to realize when it is. Some people moment. should be. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, D'Lo, like, I feel like D'Lo is one of those guys where when he's in a catch and shoot, I feel really good about it going in. And, like, he's actually a pretty good off the dribble shooter, too. But sometimes he gets the ball and it's like LeBron's on the other wing and it's like Davis is kind of on the other block. And I'm like, all right. Where are we going with this? Like, what is I don't I don't really like the lineups with Gabe Vincent and D'Lo out there together. It kind of feels like what super repetitive. Yeah, it's the same guy, and neither one is really what you need. Yeah, it's it's almost like the Lakers' own version of like the Raptors' redundancy, just in a different form. Yeah, <laughs> with more shooting. But <laughs> I'm very excited to see a full strength Suns team matchup against this because also like that that last um, LeBron. Um, drive to really seal the game you've got Jordan Goodwin guarding LeBron James and it's like that's yeah you take the L there before that play even gets going I guess one question for you as a Suns fan this is one thing I noticed because Nurkic has been looking really good with the Suns um, you know he's this big wide stocky guy he's getting a ton of rebounds and obviously LeBron is you know literally the most once in a lifetime talent we've ever seen but there's so many fast players in the league this year it felt like at the end of the game, the Lakers really did attack Nurkic's speed with LeBron. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just something that you're able to do against Nurkic. And I think his rebounding makes it an, a fair trade-off for the Suns, especially when you have the scoring of a book and a beetle to kind of lean back on. But it's it's not ideal, but it is what it is. The biggest thing, my biggest concern with Nurkic thus far has been his fouling he has 10 fouls so far between two, two games. games it is tough it feels like he's out there a lot he's he's out there a lot and they need him even more I really haven't been impressed with Drew Eubanks I feel like Drew Eubanks is kind of all over the place like in the first game he set two illegal screens in like the first minute and a half that he was out there um so Big man is definitely a question mark. I'm not missing DeAndre Ayton too looked much. Horrible. It looked absolutely. Uh, Patrick awful. and I actually went to Clippers Trailblazers, which I, I don't know if we need to talk about it too, too much. We don't need to talk about it too too much. <laughs> but um, yeah, the Trailblazers did not look good it, yeah. in the game that actually mattered. Their like young core of Scoot and DeAndre Ayton had four points. Yeah. No. Yeah. Scoot's stat line to finish the game was pretty misleading. Patrick and I. Uh, he had two points for almost the entire game. He was really passive. The Blazers had him in the corner just standing watching Malcolm Brogdon pull up. I, and the Clippers how, just weren't guarding him at all. How did the Trailblazers sneak into our discourse today, Patrick? <laughs> because it's DeAndre Aiden. I will say, the Clippers, you have my attention. Yeah, you Clippers have great. my attention. I want to see them play a, a real team. But um, yeah. Um, any other primetime games you want to touch on? I guess opening night real quick. The Nuggets just, man, I don't know. The Nuggets are good. 
They're the best team. They're the best They're team. They're the best team in the league. They're the best team in the league. <laughs> My question so for you, do you think, are they on their own tier? I don't want to put them in their own tier until I, until the, let's, let's let the season get to like 15, 16 games first. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that. I think uh, if their starting five can stay healthy and I know they were healthy all last year, but they didn't progress in the playoffs the two years before that because their starting five couldn't stay healthy. Um, but if they do, I might be ready to put them on their own tier. They just look that good. Jokic looked that dominant, especially against Anthony Davis, who looked like a world beater tonight. Anthony Davis was being put in the hoop by yeah. Nikola Jokic. I think for me, I feel like we kind of touched on it earlier. I think Giannis just had what I think literally will be his worst game of this 82-game season. Yeah. I honestly think that was the worst we're going to see Giannis play this entire year. So I kind of want to see what Milwaukee looks like with Middleton getting to play like a 30 minutes, Giannis looking like himself, the Celtics. Porzingis looked awesome. Porzingis looked Tatum amazing. looked great. You know, the Knicks are actually a team that gave the Celtics a lot of problems last year. So it's kind of one of those games where if you're the Celtics and you are, you know, a finals contending team, you go into like a New York type game and you you win. Even though it's a tough game, you don't win by a ton. Like winning that game, I feel like is pretty big. Yeah, no, absolutely. But also, can I say you have the right to take my son's fan card right now? Because we just talked about both son's games and I didn't bring up Devin Booker at all Devin Booker looked like a top five player in the league in the first game against the Warriors the the Suns played a really tough game that that night especially KD he shot 31 percent on like over 20 shots Devin Booker looked like an absolute superstar 32 8 and 6 on 61 percent shooting um so I say this to say that the Suns look to be contender-esque just I like all the these Suns, other teams i think that with the lakers Suns, the reason we talked about the lakers so much more is the suns were missing booker and absolutely Beal. we're not really we haven't really seen what the suns are going to look like but i feel like me and you deserve some props you know we've been looking at everyone's top 10 player list everyone's got durant over booker me and you have been firmly in the booker over durant camp and i know a one and a half game sample size doesn't really determine that but I feel I vindicated so far. I feel pretty vindicated. <laughs> I mean, KD did just drop 39 points tonight, but um, I mean, they're both good players. They're both amazing. They're yeah. both amazing. Um, yeah. Anyways, do you have anything else on the Nuggets? Yeah, I think we talked a lot in some of our other pods about just their size, and I feel like I just want to touch on it a little bit more. I feel like a lot of times when people think of size, they're really only thinking about the center and the power forward position, but like, it's not just, it's the size and the perimeter. It's like, Michael Porter Jr. is like 6'10". They've got Aaron Gordon, who's like 6'9", 6'10". They've got Jokic, who's obviously like a 7-footer. They're just, they're just so big. They're so physically imposing. You can't make like any mistakes about them. Murray is just like the shooting. The feel for the pick-and-roll game with Jokic, their two-man game, is just... I don't know, man. I, I really don't see... I don't know who's going to beat them. I'm so glad you brought up the size point because I really wanted to highlight... Do you know how many rebounds Gordon, Jokic, and Porter Jr. had how between many? the three of them? 32. Yeah, that's around like, 10 each. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Like, when, you, when your front court is rebounding like that, it's going to be really, really, really hard to compete. Yeah. Uh, quick, quick fun note. So, 
an exercise Patrick and I are we're giving each other. I want to touch on Mavs Spurs a little bit as mm-hmm. it will flow into this, but we are giving ourselves one stat we wanted to look out for. So, you know, I'm scouring the web for stats and uh one game sample sizes are hilarious. I don't know. The website I was using cleaning the glass said that the uh Orlando Magic got an offensive rebound on 50% of their possessions game one. Oh, my God. Um, we so. were both high on the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I don't think they're going to be allowing an offensive rebound to every other possession the whole season. But, I mean, if they do, they, they might be the worst team in the league history. Yeah, they but, might be. They might be. Um, so, Patrick, my stat actually flows into Mavs Spurs. So, me and you, one L we did take. We were making fun of the Mavs for relying on a rookie for rim protection. The Mavs defense with Lively on the court was pretty good. Uh, They're plus 20 with Derek Lively, who they did not start. They actually started um, Derek Jones Jr. Um, played like 12 he, at the three. They started oh, okay. Grant Williams and Cleaver. I didn't even realize they had Derek yeah, Jones Jr. So they started I love Grant me some Cleaver airplane mode. And Derek Jones Jr. Uh, quickly, they realized Lively needed to play. So they're plus 20 with Lively in there. They look like a much better defense. Again, small sample sizes, so I'm just going to say the numbers because they're hilarious. Most of the lively lineups are allowing around 100 points per possession, and these like non-lively lineups are allowing like 200 points per 100 possessions. <laughs> so obviously those are not real numbers. Those are small sample size, but it does illustrate that like they're kind of a normal defense when Lively's out there, and they're like last year's Mavs when he's not out there, so... Yeah, I'm kind of looking out for what does Lively look like the rest of the year. Powell didn't play that game because of an illness, I believe. So mm. does their defense stabilize with those two guys playing the, during the game? What was, um, what was the term on the Mavs scouting report? report? So the Mavs, I don't know if you guys saw, their scouting report leaked. They left it outside of a player's hotel room. A Spurs fan picked it up, and they called Trey Jones and Doug McDermott elephants, which just elephants. means they're they're weak on defense. Well, they don't. They didn't only call those two. They also called Zach Collins an elephant. So Derek Lively did have some pretty good stats, but against an elephant, it was against an Zach elephant. <laughs> no, I mean I would feel good as a Mavericks fan of that showing, especially from Derek Lively. You know, it all starts somewhere. And, you know, these all the stats that we're saying today are just little like little radars that we have up something to watch for. Obviously, every one of these teams has 80 more games to play. So there's a lot of season to go. Yeah. Um. So we watched the end of that game together. I watched some of the first half without you. Luca, man. Luca's really good. That dude's <laughs> so good. It makes me so sad. He, that he's just going right back to like. He's driving past guys and he's throwing like backward underhand passes and he's just got this insane bag. I feel like the chemistry with him and Kyrie is like, and it doesn't look very like it doesn't look great, but the numbers offensively are pretty good just because the two of them are just so talented at getting shots up. At the end of that game, it struck me as very similar to the end of last year. Very like your turn, my turn. Like here you go, Kyrie. Like do your do your finals move. Go for it. Yeah. Bro. And um, then, okay, I'm actually going to hit the game winner now if I'm Luca. <laughs> I'm Luca Doncic. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side of that game, our boy Wemby looked amazing. He did have five fouls, though, so he didn't play that many minutes. Um, I felt like I don't want to be one of those boomers who's like, get in the paint. But I felt like he was playing on the perimeter a little too much. He said that exact, exact phrase in that exact voice while we were watching the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would, I would love that too. I, at least in crunch time, I'm like, what, what is there to lose? 
put put Wemby in the paint. Yeah, it just seems like it, you know most of this is what I'm going off is preseason, so take for what what you will. But when Wimby catches it within like ten feet of the basket and he's quickly making a decision right when he gets the ball, it seems like good things almost always happen for the Spurs. It's curtains. It's curtains. What are you supposed to do? Yeah, especially against you know lineups that don't have lively out there. You know, like I don't know, just let's get Wimby the ball inside more. A lot of his points are coming off threes. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna see, and of course, this is the first game of the season, and they're. I think the Spurs have a lot of figuring out to do we are both really low on their guard play but Vassell looked very good Vassell looked awesome he's more he's not really like the classic primary initiator type though um but with Vassell playing like that and if you can get Wemby going a little bit more like that Wemby stat line that we got what was it he had like 16 points or something that's that's the basis. Yeah, that is the, the floor yeah, right there, agreed. which is a great floor to have. I, did you see how it's the exact same stat line? As Tim Duncan. As Tim I, Duncan. I did see that. That just makes my little NBA history heart flutter. I, I absolutely love that. I do just want to give a shout out to Kyrie. This isn't a positive shout out. But, Patrick, so that, that scouting report that was leaked, that was found outside of a player's room. They are saying that was Kyrie's room. So apparently Kyrie's No room. way. And I don't know if everyone saw, but the Mavs were emulating Wemby with these, like, this guy holding up these, like, you know, defender stick thingies to emulate, like, oh, yeah. Just so you guys know, this guy's wingspan is this crazy. Kyrie gets blocked on the first play of the game by Wemby. And I'm just, Kyrie, did you not, did you not show up for practice? Did you not read the scouting report? He tried to do his NBA Finals sidestep three over Wemby. Do you not know who Victor Wembanyama is, Kyrie Irving? At this point, come on! <laughs> imagine, oh my God! Imagine if Wemby blocked that; it would have broken the entire internet. If, if oh, that would have. You know, Mark Williams had a really nice snatch block on Trey Young, and I feel like Wemby's gonna have a few of those. Mark Williams is a problem. <laughs> Mark Williams, like single-handedly, led the Hornets to to a win over the uh, over the Hawks. I. I think the Hornets, uh, we're totally getting off we're getting topic off here, but I really like the Hornets. From, just from what I saw, I think Brandon Miller's a guy. I think Mark Williams is a guy. I, we already know LaMelo's a guy. I'm just saying, I think that the Hornets could be really good. I'll shut up now. I, one last thing. I feel like LaMelo, Trey Young is such a natural rivalry that needs to get nasty because it would be a lot of fun if it did. I'll see them in the plane. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Hawks. I, I, I really want like a really nasty rival. I want like a Booker Luca type rivalry for LaMelo and Trey. I feel like that'd be a lot of fun. There there would never be a swaggier rivalry there would, than yeah. Trey Young and, and LaMelo and Ball. Oh, yeah, the highlights. And, and the best thing about a Trey Young and LaMelo Ball rivalry is that neither one of them's going to guard the other one. So it's just going to be the, hi- the highlights are a fountain of never-ending highlight um all right patrick we are wrapping today with hot streak shooting slip is there anything else you want to talk about from the regular season that you saw well i do have one one stat that shot up my radar and that is um minus 18.9 net rating the chicago bulls (laughs) against the oklahoma city thunder I just wanted to throw this out there. My one of my favorite things to follow online in any NBA season is players only meetings. And I think we just broke the all time record. record 
in a player having a players only meeting. If you missed it, um, after the um the loss to the Thunder after the Chicago Bulls first game, they apparently had a players only meeting. They kicked Billy Donovan out. What's going on? What's going on in Chicago? I don't know if the Chicago Bulls players think they have like the aspirations of like a top five seed, but I did not think that coming into the year. I don't know. Also, I don't know if they don't they didn't realize the Thunder are going to be really good this year. Like, I guess I, I feel like all I saw from that game was the Andre Drummond highlight. Yeah, I saw like Drummond. I saw the Andre Drummond like crossover and dunk on chat. I saw. Vucevic poster chat, and then I see the Thunder won by a million points. Yeah, and the now Bulls the Bulls <laughs> players only meeting. We um, who did when we were doing some test pods, and we played a little game where we tried to guess who was gonna have the first players only meeting, and I had the Warriors, and who did I had you the have? Timberwolves. You had the Timberwolves. I can't believe we're already but wrong. I, neither of us even had the Bulls on our radar. No, we didn't. See, my question is, I'm wondering if, like, Reinsdorf, the Bulls owner, has, like, a, if you guys don't have a winning record in the first 10 games, we're blowing it up. <laughs> like, could it be something like that? I don't know, but if, I don't, am, I, am I naive? Wouldn't you want to be off that Bulls ride if you're, like, anyone on that team? I, I don't guess. know. It seem Chicago's like a, a fun city. Chicago's a great city, but that team doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. DeRozan was minus 29. That's that's our best player, who's, that's, like, that's legitimately still good. Yeah, that's that's bad. Well, uh, we did flag before the season that he is actually pretty old now. He is pretty old now. It, it's just really something to keep an eye on because they have a couple guys that could Loki swing the championship. They do. Yeah. I, I I don't think Levine ends his season there. I don't know where he's gonna go, but that would be huge. I think I think the Lakers are gonna trade for some like big time score. I yeah, I, I feel like the more I'm watching the Lakers, the more I'm like, I think Delo is gonna It could be Levine. Once someone I've been workshopping is uh Jordan Poole. Oh no! Please no! Imagine we, him! We, in, imagine no. him in purple and gold. I don't want to. He would be. He would culturally perfect fit. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. I think, <laughs> I think he'd be one of those guys that the moment he gets there, LeBron's like, out. True. <laughs> out. <laughs> he thinks he's Kyrie, though. I don't know what Jordan Poole is thinking, but yeah, the Wizards got demolished. Um, the you want to see some like. Goosed up stats. Look at the Pacers stats. Yes. They have like a two million offensive rating. Oh. Are leading the league in pace. Are leading yes. the league in assists. <laughs> so I, I I did notice the Pacers again, one game sample size hilarity numbers. The Pacers have the best like pace in the NBA in terms of their ability to generate transition opportunities. They're number one in generating transition opportunities. They're also number one in half court efficiency. <laughs> So they are just absolutely clowning. They could be like the 86 Celtics. They'll probably be like the 86, 96 Bulls. This is the greatest show on hardwood. 2018 Warriors. (laughs) This is the greatest team of all time. Yeah, look at this. 67.9 assist percentage, 128 offensive rating. Tyrese Halliburton. Is an offense. I mean, unironically, he is an offensive engine. Yeah, Yeah, no, definitely. he's, He's the man. But yeah, one game sample sizes are hilarious. Um. The only other game I watched a ton of this week was Pistons Heat. 
And because oh, uh, why not? Yeah, because why not? Got to see my, you know, my my there boys in Miami. And uh, what a whirlwind of a game! You know, the Heat have like an 18-0 something run in the third quarter. I turn to John and I go, "We're going back to the finals. Let's go!" The Pistons proceed to claw all the way back. And it takes like Bam Adebayo's like Herculean Defensive Player of the Year efforts to keep us, and we win by I think a point or two. Kate looked pretty good. Kate's really good at using his size to get a shot off. Um, Is Asur Thompson just like Dennis Rodman? How did he have six blocks? <laughs> so what's crazy is he like didn't play like at all toward the end of the game. So I didn't really even get to see him that much. Um, He's just like. He's secret. He has like go-go gadget arms. Yeah. So Asura Thompson had six blocks in this game. I saw um, it's like the most blocks in your debut ever. And he's a guard. Love that for you. Yeah, love that. For Twin you. power right there. Um, yeah, the Pistons. Yeah, they got Duran. They they got Stewart. I don't. know. They played a lot of Duran and Stewart together, which I don't know. I feel like they're not putting Cade in the best position. I mean, yeah, it's just with the Pistons roster. You either are going to play your vets, and all their vets are amazing shooters. You got, like, Joe Harris and Bogdan Bogdanovich, and, or you're going to play your young guys, and that's, like, Killian Hayes, Asur Thompson, uh, like, Isaiah Stewart, Jaden Duran, all guys, Jaden Ivey, all guys that don't shoot. Yeah. So, like, they've there's an inflection point somewhere where they're going to have to go one way or the other. And I think if you haven't made that decision yet, it's just a given that you're going to lose to the Heat. Yeah, the Heat just, I don't know, man. The Heat live on the edge. This was kind of the story of the Heat last year. That I think they, they had said on the broadcast the Heat had the record for most, like, one point or one possession or close games in, like, NBA history or some crazy stat like that. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this year's Heat are kind of the same Jekyll and Hyde team that we saw last year that just randomly goes on a run in the playoffs. Maybe that's the, the secret sauce, though. Like, you have to learn. You can serve your energy. <laughs> yeah, you can serve your energy, and you learn how to play in these super high-pressure situations where it's like, we have three possessions. If these, if we blow these, we're not going to win a game. Because in the playoffs, it's always like yeah, that. Yeah, no, the heat culture is like, we will be trained in molten fire exactly. for 82 games. <laughs> it's like the Marines. Yeah, no, the Heat are such an enigma. I'm, I'm like, I feel like they're literally going to end the season with like 44 wins. Yeah, I mean, they probably will. And they're probably going to make it past whoever they play in the first round. That was my whole defensive player of the year uh, choice. I was like, I know that the Heat are somehow going to be good. I don't know how, but it's probably some way. So I guess Bam's going to win defensive player of the year. Yeah, Bam looked good. Um, all right, I am ready for a hot streak shooting slump. I am also ready for hot streak shooting slump. How would you describe your week? Um, I had I had a pretty good week. Yeah, it was um the first. Honestly, today was a little rough for my my watching my sons go down to the Lakers. But I had a a show this weekend in LA that went really well. Um, of course, it was the start of the NBA season, which made me super happy. Um, and you know, I'm just, I'm just glad that it's Friday. So I, I would say I'm, I'm on a hot streak. I'm doing all right. I would say if the NBA didn't start this week specifically, also we had a lot of fun at the game together. Um, if the NBA didn't start this week, it might be a shooting slump, but I'm going hot streak. What about you? Well, let's see, John, John, how did you, uh, how did you hot streak shooting slump? Um, tepid. 
is that the word that you use, James? I might have used it, but I'm now banning that word. Okay. You got to go hot or cold. <laughs> hot or cold. <laughs> um, you know what? It started this week with a shooting slump. You know, okay. had a rough week. Uh, Why is that, John? Well, a lot has been going on this week. We, me and James, we on Monday. Well, we filmed this the podcast. We filmed the podcast this week. Right. I know you that's, guys that's were traveling. Hot, that's a hot streak. That's yeah. That's <laughs> it. Sounds like a steaming oh, well, hot, streak. hot streak. And but like, we had. I feel. I feel like I slept like ten hours Yee. in the past like four days. Yeah, I can see how that's but, a shooting slump a bit. You know. I'm moving into my new apartment this weekend. Mm-hmm. There we go. So that's something to look forward to. That's nice. New yeah. chapter. And hopefully I'm going to end up this week with a shooting, I mean, hot streak. Hot streak. But right now? Right now, tepid. <laughs> tepid. Okay, you, you're you just trying. You're just playing us. We know you're having a shooting slump, but it's okay, yeah. man. It sounds like you're going into a hot yes. streak for next week. How about you, James? You know, I, I'm having a hot streak. There we go. But it's the type there of hot go. streak where I, I think I started like, I think I started like five of five, and all of a sudden I was like five of twelve. But then I ended the game like twelve of seventeen. You were like exactly like Kevin Durant. Yeah, like I was hot in the first quarter, had a little shooting slump in the second and the third, but I rebounded and clutched out in the fourth. Uh, so I was up in Monterey with my girlfriend. We had a great trip. For the first three days. Mm. So the first, you know, three days we get there. And it's, it's pretty good. The days are good. We're going on hikes in Big Sur. I'm seeing the redwood trees for the first time. Oh, how was that? They're beautiful. For some reason, I've this I've never seen the redwoods, but they freak me out. They're Just the idea of them. No, they're they so freak me big. Out. It's so beautiful. But here's the thing. You get there. All you're reading is there's just amazing seafood everywhere. So I go to the top seafood place. I won't say names. It wasn't that good. The next night, my girlfriend's like, let's get sushi. I swear to God, the worst sushi I've ever had. And it sucked, too. I get there, and a man walks out of the restaurant. And he's like, this is the best restaurant I've ever been to. Damn. So when I'm getting sat down from the hostess, I'm like, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> you know, like, this is going to be and great. And then it was just mid-city? Well, not only was it mid-city. They also, I think they forgot about my order because it took, I'm not kidding, like 40 minutes for me to get my sushi. Oh, you hate that with fish. You love my first world problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, the food gets there super late. It's just very poor quality fish. It's very, like, chewy. It's not, like, tender. So then the final day in Monterey, I come to find out there's really nothing to do in Monterey. <laughs> Originally, we were going to, like, you know, do biking and kayaking, but it rained. So we ended up kind of, like, I don't know. I went in the hot tub at the hotel, aimlessly drove around, got some hotel charges I didn't anticipate, expensive parking. Um, we get back, hot streak up, record the podcast. Then whirlwind of a day, Tuesday and Wednesday, as John and I are recording a video where my friend Jeff and I are going to be eating at 10 different restaurants in a single day, and we're getting the most expensive <laughs> item on the menu at all restaurants. So Damn, I You ate, had a tough week, bro. I, I, well, <laughs> look, yeah, this is like first world problem century city, but I ate, I want to say 40 ounces of steak, so felt pretty bad. Um, so we leave Vegas at like five in the morning. And by the way, the entire time we're filming this video, I'm kind of stressed out. We just launched an NBA podcast. I'm like, I can't miss opening night. So in between clips, like it's like we're recording like a 10 minute clip. 
put the camera down. As we wait for our food, I'm like, Nuggets Lakers. Like, <laughs> I take notes on my phone. So I'm watching the opening Dedication game. Dedication right yeah, I, here. Yeah, so I'm catching up on all the games the entire time. We fly back at 5 in the morning. Wednesday, I sleep till 1, and I can't nap. Can you nap? No, I'm not a napper. I can't nap at all. Are, can you nap? Yeah, I can nap. I can nap for like 30 minutes and be fine. I can only nap if I'm like traveling. I can't fucking it, nap. And there's like a like a time change. Then I, I can maybe conk out, but I when, need to be in a dark room. When I nap, I just wake up groggy. Do you wake up groggy when yeah, you nap? Like when yeah. I wake when I nap, it I wake up super groggy and then it destroys my sleep schedule. So yesterday, boom, I I I I nap till one o'clock. I wake up so groggy. I don't even know if I'm an existing human being anymore. I can't sleep that night because I took a nap, so I can't sleep. And then um, me and you went to a Trailblazers-Clippers game that one of the worst NBA games maybe ever played in the history of the league. It was, it was it pretty was... rough basketball. Um, <laughs> it, it did, I, I, don't, I don't need to bring up DeAndre Ayton again, but... He was bad. Dominurkic, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have him as my center. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. The segment's not really supposed to be about basketball, but I was really excited to see Scoot play. You know, we that there, was the most disappointing part. He, he just looks like Oscar Robertson. The mannerisms, the like physical appearance, the, hair. the height, the hair, everything is just, it's really striking. I didn't notice it somehow until yesterday. And, you know, in the summer league, he's aggressive and he's just fun. He's Scoot. And yesterday he was... He was poop. No scooting. Yeah, there was no, no there scoot. was no scooting. He was really boring. Um, but the reason there was a hot streak, overall, my trip was good. I'm having I'm recording the podcast. Today was a great day. We watched both the games together, and I just had a nice chill day, and I'm excited for Halloween. It's the best, it's my favorite holiday. There we go. Do you yeah. have a costume? No. <laughs> I'm so lame. Next year I'm going all out, though. I there am we for go. Sure. There we go. Um Did what? I tell you what my costume is? What are you? I'm gonna be the Kevin James meme. Where he's oh. like, <laughs> me and my girlfriend are both being the Kevin James meme. We're very excited. I like that. You know, I uh, one year during COVID, I was I called myself Scrubthony Davis. I put on an Anthony Davis jersey, a pair of Lakers shorts, and I gave myself a unibrow. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, Scrubthony Davis dropping ten and two will not be coming to a gym near you this year because. <laughs> hey, you had a big week. You just need to you need to hang out. Yeah, but our. Next podcast will actually be coming out on Halloween. Halloween. Ooh. Ooh. So we might, I don't know. We might have to do something. We were, well, so next podcast, we are going to be doing the worst take of the month. So I'm excited about that because now that the NBA is back, the takes are going to be flying. The takes are going to be flying fast and furious like Dom Toretto <laughs> driving a muscle car down the street. I'm super excited. <laughs> This has been so much fun. This has been so much fun. We will see you guys on Tuesday. Thank you for watching. Peace.